0: Hey guys, thanks for taking the drive down State Street. In today's episode, we welcome Assistant Graphic Designer for the Kansas City Chiefs, Jesse Carpenter. (music) Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to State Street, where we give voice to the everyday person, Hey guys, this is the co-host Nick Kleitch. And with me as always, my good friends Cole Sizinski and Jeremy Machino. Uh gentlemen, how are we doing this week? Nick, we're doing great. We just uh we'll just we're coming up on an interview where
1: we bring on we bring on Jesse and I can't say enough good things about her. And I think one of the most probably the the best way I could describe her is very well spoken and I, I distinctly remember there was Probably five or six questions I literally wanted to ask her while she was speaking, and then she would go on to answer them before I could even ask her, and and like that's all we can really ask out of a guest first time. It's her first time on a podcast, and she like she just blew us out of the water. She was she was great.
2: You know, it's always so cool getting to have someone on that you don't know as well as maybe you would like to, or maybe just rekindling with someone that you haven't talked to in a long time and hear about their life. And Jessie was absolutely no exception to that. She was so much fun to talk to. The fact that we went to high school together didn't run in the same circle, I guess, if you want to call it that. And, and people will hear that as we talk about it early in the, the interview. But um, she was so awesome at taking us inside the mind of her kind of on a daily basis as to what she does um, and just talking so glowingly and so vividly about an experience like that being a part of a Super Bowl winning team, and it, it, and it was just so so cool. Like there's so much passion. You can sense the passion that she talks with, and uh, it's something that, uh, that that yeah, we can't say thank you enough for.
0: Jesse was really fun to have on. A couple of standout themes that I gathered from her as we went into this conversation. One sometimes you just have to be present to what life gives you. Jesse had come through, and there are some really good circumstances that have kind of strung themselves together in the very early part of her career as a professional uh, within the graphic design space. And just to be a part of uh, an organization like the Kansas City Chiefs—I mean, that kind of speaks for itself. But uh, really, just to enjoy the success that they've had and the timing there—you can't necessarily uh, argue with that. But then also. Uh Jesse's someone that falls under the category for me as uh you never know what the backstory is for an individual. There's so much more that meets the eye. And uh I reference this, of course, and in, in her ability to really break down her profession. I think that you can sense by her ability to do that how much passion she does have for her profession. Um, and it's really fun to kind of listen to it and break that down. So State Street residents, uh, go ahead and lean in um and let's get after it.
2: So we are very, very over-the-moon excited to be welcomed by our next State Street resident. Uh, Jesse Carpenter, graphic designer for the Kansas City Chiefs. Jesse, how are you this evening?
3: I am fantastic. You know, coming off a big win. Feeling great. Excited to be here.
2: (laughs) Well, you most certainly are. Uh, First off, I guess first and foremost, I'll say this just because I like to get this out of the way and say this for everybody on thank you because you are doing a huge favor to us. You very easily, I'm sure could be spending your time um, preparing for a big event that you have coming that your employer has coming up, uh, maybe putting together some projects. Um, but thank you first and foremost because you're doing us a huge favor. This is super awesome that we caught you, especially during this time we're kind of in that period right before the Super Bowl and uh, it's It's super exciting, and it's it's very, very timely. So thank you,
3: yeah. thanks for having me on you, guys. i'm I'm really excited. This is my first podcast, and you know what better team to talk about than the reigning Super Bowl champs Kansas City? So yeah, I'm excited <laughs> to talk about it.
2: Well, very good. Jesse, let's have you start here and we will be off and running. Why don't you just kind of tell everybody um who you are? Kind of give a little background on yourself and Uh, We can kind of go from there.
3: All right. Sounds good. Um, Born and raised in Urbandale, Iowa. Went to high school with Cole. Um, Went to Iowa State after graduating. Um, That's kind of where I got my start in design. I uh, got into the graphic design program my sophomore year of college after, you know, going through the whole year of applying my freshman year. Um, Sophomore is actually where I got my first design job. Um, I was a wedding photographer, uh, just like a second shooter. I've been doing that in the summers ever since then. So going on six years now, been doing that five years, something like that. Um, sophomore year, I randomly applied to a, uh, graphic design job with the Iowa state football team. I still don't know why he hired me, but he did, um, (laughs) spent a semester there. Uh, and then I ended up switching over to the communications department to work more with, uh, different sports. I knew I loved football. Um, kind of wanted to see if I preferred, you know, basketball, gymnastics, soccer, um, more than, more than football. And no, no, I'm working with the chiefs and nothing's changed. I still love football. Uh, so I actually started with the chiefs, um, back in 2019. So right after I graduated, moved to Kansas city did a did a season with them. Um, it was kind of a unique situation. I was originally hired just for one season, uh, and then so you know went through the whole season, and then Covid hit, and pretty much the entire NFL was on a hiring freeze. So um, kind of lucked out for me that you know we were both kind of SOL um, and they they got to keep me on for another year. So yeah, got got another season, going to another Super Bowl. That's exciting. <laughs>
2: And we're so we'll obviously be talking. We'll obviously talk about that because that is to, to be totally candid with people. That's I mean, that's what's so unique about you. It's like, who can we who else can we bring on that has a Super Bowl ring or has gotten to work for a team that's won a Super Bowl or just be a part of all that? Like that is so, so exciting. Um, before we get to that, though, let's. Let's talk about the journey getting there, getting to Kansas City, essentially. I want to break this down um, because I think it's interesting. And again, to be totally candid with people listening, yes, you and I went to high school together, um, but I think you'll agree with me. We didn't necessarily run in the same circles. Um, I was like awkward teenage boy, stupid teenage boy. And I mean, you had like a very, very large, awesome group of friends that I'm very, very fond of. Um, and it it was, it was two totally different social, I, it's, and so it's not like we're best, best friends. Um, but to the point, uh, you're still, you're still super, super unique. So, and I know you from a very small window of time, which is a lot of fun. So I want to ask right off the bat then high school, even before high school, was there any inclination, or was there any tell that like, oh, I could do this? Was it just a love of sports? Was it just a love of graphic design or photography? What was kind of like the little tell that prompted you once you got to college, like, hey, maybe this is a route I want to get get to and go down?
3: yeah, I think it was it was definitely just a combination of my love of sports and my love of art. Um, I liked school. I didn't necessarily excel at school like i was a very average student um but i loved sports i was a cheerleader i was in the marching band um two very different crowds by the way but you know we made it work uh so i loved sports i loved going to all the football and basketball games and the wrestling meets um i grew up watching my brothers do all sorts of sports baseball soccer basketball football track and field Um, i was a gymnast and a cheerleader Um, So I loved sports, like that was always something I knew I loved. Um, And then I've always been into art. I love drawing, painting, photography. Uh, I just, at the time, I didn't know that I would end up combining those two things. I didn't know that that was really a thing you could do. Um, It wasn't until my senior year of high school, I was taking art classes and I was trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And one of my art teachers suggested um, doing a graphic design independent study Uh, They offered the class, but nobody signed up for it. So he's like, you can take it. You just like go sit in the computer lab and like (laughs) read the textbook and learn from YouTube. It was like three or four days in. And I was like, this is what I'm going to do. Like, I'm going to go to Iowa State, which I always knew I was going to go to Iowa State. You know, grew up a diehard state fan. And um, it just kind of works out that they have an incredible design program. Um, So, yeah, I mean, it kind of just my fate I was gonna go into um, design at Iowa State and at the time I thought I would do photography um, which I did as I mentioned earlier did some wedding photography but kind of realized that's not what I wanted to do full-time with my life so uh, yeah discovered graphic design and went full force into that so, yeah it was really senior year of high school was when I decided graphic design is was pretty cool
2: so oh, do you remember then, Jesse, was there one project or did you see like, an, did you have like a teacher show you an example of something or do you remember seeing something that sparked like, oh, this is kind of cool and I can combine my my love of art and being artistic and being creative and coming up with my own ideas and my love of sports and being around it, being a part of it and keeping up to date with it?
3: Um, I mean, that early on. That wasn't really a thought process I had. I really just enjoyed um, that it was, it was finding a problem and having to solve it. Like we always call graphic design creative problem solving. Um, I just thought it was super fun to like see a design and have to replicate it, like in the programs, and just right. kind of figuring out how they go from a blank canvas to a finalized design. I thought that was so cool. It's like technical on the programs. Like it's, it's not drawing, but it's taking you know, those elements that you learn in art classes from a young age and transferring it into like, a more mathematical and, and technical program. I just thought that was super fun. Um, I like puzzles, and it's almost like a puzzle and (laughs) like doing math. And I just thought it was super fun. So it wasn't until later on that I realized I could combine sports with that, with that thing.
2: Right. So I'm interested then, was it when you just, when you got this opportunity to do this independent study and even maybe even before that and and maybe you just have this love of art have you always been like a creative thinker or a creative problem solver like has that always been a part of you that you're naturally very gifted and talented in or is it something you had to work through over time or it's like something like oh man like this is really fun and I want to do this I know I need to get really really good at this to move forward with it
3: I think it was it was a little bit of both. I mean, I've always been since I was you know little I loved playing with crayons and markers. Like if I had the option to play with dolls or color, like I was always coloring. Um I was just always like really creative and always thinking about like the next thing I could draw and doodle and I was always doodling in class. Um I'm a very visual learner. Uh like all my classes I needed to like really visualize what what was going on in order to retain the information. Um, but you know, with anything you have to practice and get good at, and I took so many art classes in high school, um, just to, you know, once I decided I wanted to go to design school, I was like, all right, I need, I need to get better. I need to be prepared for this, you know, elite design college that I wanted to get into. So I've always had the creative mindset and the the visual learning, um, and then the technical, you know, art skills were developed later on.
0: Sure. Um, Jesse, I want to go just a little bit further and this comes from a place of genuine curiosity. So me and Cole are in sales. And one of the things that I absolutely love to do is solve problems like yourself. Now my problems quote unquote are just uncovering needs in a sales process. When you say creative problem solving in this industry, just because I'm so unaware and maybe some of the listeners are too, what does that actually mean to like solve the problem or the puzzle in your head? I'm just kind of curious off the cusp, you know, where you, wherever your head goes with that.
3: Yeah, I, I've always kind of seen it as like a word problem. You know, you're, they, they write out an entire word problem then you have to like solve it and figure out how they got to that. It's kind of the same concept where, you know, you're given a design project, a design brief, and you have to figure out how to complete that project in in the mindset of the client or or the organization or whoever it is that you're designing for. So, you know, let's say I'm given, um, you know, it's like stadium signs or for a specific event. Like I have to kind of walk it back and figure out, OK, here, here's the brief and here's a blank canvas. How do I go from A to B? Um, so that's kind of how I think of it as creative problem solving. and envisioning the final product and then figuring out how i have to what steps i have to take to get to that point
1: um i actually kind of want to take it back a little further and uh it, it, there's something that really stuck out to me because i'm a math person as well and i have i've taken i think w- just one graphic design um one class and, and it stuck out to me how much like math was actually kind of involved in this so can you kind of speak on the math because i don't think a lot of people realize that there's some sort of math that actually has to go into graphic design.
3: Yeah, I I actually always enjoyed math in school. It was one of my favorite subjects, um, and I think that's kind of what has played into, you know, the the creative problem solving, as I mentioned. Um, there there is actually a surprising amount of math, and it's it's not necessarily as complex as, you know, when you say there's math involved, it's not like crazy complex math, but it's it's visual, and you you really have to know, you know, if they say we need a, you know, a 16 by nine post, a one by one post and um, a nine by 16 post. You know, th- those are pretty standard social media sizes for graphic design, but you know, you kind of have to think about it like, all right, well, what's the ratio? What's the hierarchy? How How is this going to fit into these three different spaces and still look cohesive and, and be the same? So, you know, it's a lot of, of looking at the different ratios it's, it's less about, um, you know, the math that we're taught in school. And it's more about visualizing how that space is used within, you know, the parameters of the request. Um, So, you know, let's say I have three players I need to fit in a graphic with header text and, you know, their signatures, you kind of have to know the ratios that you need and, and, and the hierarchy and what the pixel sizes need to be and what the font sizes need to be and um, just incorporating all that together, and you know, we use a lot of grids. Grid systems are very important in graphic oh, design. Um, <laughs> so knowing, you know, if I need a, you know, nine columns and six rows, or you know, whatever it might be, um, to fit into, you know, a sixteen by nine post. I know that was a lot of numbers that I just <laughs> threw out there, but
2: <laughs> well, okay. So I'm gonna try. I'm gonna try to tie this home, just for for people who are listening to this that may be like. Okay, she said all this stuff that sounds very technical, but it to me, it boils down to one word and it's intricacies. Like there are so many little intricacies that go into designing something, yeah, if you need three players with three signatures, like on on a stadium sign, or you know, I, I noticed on one of your Instagram posts, like you designed a souvenir cup. That's super, super cool. And that, like I can so imagine there's so many little details, there's so many little intricacies that go into that to make it look presentable and look like something like you know a, a a team as big as like the Chiefs would be like yeah we want to we want to put this on a cup and like give it to our fans so when you're starting out we're going to take we're going to boil it back to like the foundational piece of this when you're starting out with like that first independent study or maybe even when you get into Iowa State and you get into this graphic design school you start taking classes on that did you have a feel for all the little intricacies that go into graphic design, or was it something that took experience doing like working with projects? Maybe it was part of the classroom cl- classroom learning, sorry uh, where wh- where did that kind of fall? because I feel like that's really interesting. and I feel like it could go a bunch of different ways,
3: yeah, that all that like learning the details and and figuring all that stuff out it's it's definitely learned. um okay. I mean, you you know, you can see, you can notice like a t-shirt and say, oh, that like logo is kind of close to the neckline. But, you know, there, there are so many little details that, that, you know, most people probably wouldn't notice. And, you know, my bosses currently and in the past will tell you that I struggle with spacing because it's just, it's a, it's a learned behavior. You have to learn how to, how to work with the space that you have in, you know, the right way. Um, So it's, it's definitely something that, you know, I learned a lot in college. I learned, you know, it's part of the design principles the spacing and hierarchy and um, knowing where and what to place together on a design to make it work. Um, so it's definitely something that I took classes to learn. You learn in practice. Uh, you just build those skills. You build that design eye. Um, I mean, you mentioned earlier the souvenir cups I made. Those were something that, you know, I had never thought of about having to make a 3D object um and you know it, that's kind of where i learned rule of thirds especially was you know you're only looking at a third of a cup at a time so you know you're essentially doing three different designs to look cohesive together so that when you're looking at the design it's not like you know half of patrick mahomes face is cut off um so it's it's definitely something that you learn in practice uh first souvenir cup i made it, it was a huge learning process
0: Hey, State Street gang, we're going to steal you away real quick. Uh, Cole, I actually have a couple of promos to run by you.
2: What do you got, Nick? I'm excited to hear.
0: So the first one is our partners over at Driftless Quality Wear actually have a new website coming out and you can find them at driftlessqualitywear.com. No way. Dude, that's awesome. So how does State Street factor into that? Yeah. Great question. So for all the folks that haven't purchased anything on their website, go ahead. And prior to checking out, if you enter state street, uh, you'll actually get a 10% discount off the entire cart.
2: Okay. What kind of things do they have? Do they have like outdoor wear since it's getting cold here?
0: Yeah. Great question. And it really is getting cold. So they have crew necks, long sleeves. I actually got a long sleeve myself, beanies. Uh, They even go as far as camping mugs, which I think that's awesome.
2: Yeah, no, that's awesome. So tell me again how I get this and where I need
0: to go. Yeah, so go ahead and type in State Street at checkout and receive ten percent off your entire cart purchase. Cool, man, I can't wait. Let's get back to the show. Thanks, guys.
2: I can I can totally imagine how and and, and you you can tell us like what was that process like as far as like Jesse, you're doing the souvenir cup or is it? hey, we need our graphic design team to come up with an idea and present it? What did that look like? And then I'll ask my kind of follow-up question.
3: Yeah, the first souvenir cup I did, so there are different programs meant for different things. So most of the souvenir cups were um, meant to be an illustrator, and that's something that I came in not having a ton of experience in. So it was really, hey, you're doing this souvenir cup, use Illustrator know, go learn, <laughs> go okay. do it. Um, so I mean, he knew that I like had the, the capability of doing it. Uh, he put that trust in me, which was crazy at the time. <laughs> um, but it, I mean, it was definitely like a learning curve. Uh, it's something that you, you really have to work at, um, learn the program, learn, uh, how the spacing works, learn how it's going to be interacted with. Um, so yeah, it was, it was something else.
2: So the only other question, Jesse, I had off of that. So have can you think back then to maybe like starting with Iowa State or just maybe even just practicing like graphic design You're you're just kind of messing around with things that you come up with something and you can look back on now and be like, that was so bad. Like that was so like beginner level mistake and just laugh about.
3: Oh, 100%. I look back at stuff I made two weeks ago and I'm like, oh, I wish I would have done something different. Like I have so many better ideas. So looking back to my sophomore year of college, stuff that I made for, like, Iowa State football, I just want to go back and apologize. I'm like, I'm so sorry. That is so bad. All of this is horrible. Um, But, you know, I mean, that's that's the process. That's how you learn. It's how you get better. I I feel like if you look back on your last five years and you don't think, man, some of these things could have been better, that's where you're going wrong.
2: (laughs) Right. No doubt. Well, and, and now you're at a point where you're on a graphic design team and doing big, you know, you're, you're creating these big promotional items for a Super Bowl winning team. So you've come a long way and obviously you're at a point where those mistakes have led to a lot of success.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's definitely, um, it's still so weird to think of myself as like a professional designer. Um, just cause you know, as you grow, it's, it's gradual. Um, but yeah, I mean, for sure. I, I wouldn't be successful. I wouldn't be where I am if I hadn't made those mistakes early on so I'm I'm so grateful for the experiences that I had at Iowa State where they they allowed me to make these mistakes and and learn from them um so yeah I mean I I wouldn't change it (laughs) I'm happy with it
2: that is so so cool Nick I know you had something and you're fired up to, to, to ask her so go ahead
0: So just in terms of this conversation, this will probably be the last thing we have to touch on, on like maybe art and design functionality, because we just have a lot of good things to talk about. And I want to make sure we get them all in, but, um, it pertains to this section. So a little bit of a unique ask here, but you've done a really nice job describing dimensions and these different tools and tactics and design and all that kind of entails. Do you have a drafting process where like you have a first draft, a second draft and then a final draft when you're producing your your art or what does that look like? Cuz I know like oftentimes when we maybe have a script for an episode or we're doing a social media post, we generally have like a first draft that gets sent out and it's kind of like eh, but then like other people's eyes get on it and like I've never designed something in my life but I feel like you're always Like you do the first one and you come back and you're like, ah, I wish I would have maybe tightened that up or something like that. So just speak on, um, maybe that process or what that looks like for someone that would have no idea.
3: Yeah, I would say that it is very rare if ever that it happens that my first draft is what I send out. Um, Mm -hmm. there's, you know, there's functions in Photoshop where you can have, um, like several different versions they are called artboards basically. So it's just a bunch of different canvases. Um. And I'll just like drag like elements over. I'm like, that looks like crap. I'm just gonna delete this whole artboard and just forget about it. Um, and you know, I have folders where it's like, you know, final, final v two, like final, final, like this is the one I'm sending. Um, yeah, I, I never send my first my first one ever. It's even the one that I show my boss for like the first approval, it's never the first one I've made. <laughs>
2: So to that, I guess, kind of playing off that question, how many sets of eyes get on one thing before we'll use the souvenir cup? Like how many sets of eyes get on one project? We can call it a project or version or whatever you want, whatever verbiage you want to use. How many eyes are on that before it gets to the product of being on a souvenir cup?
3: It really depends on the project, but yeah, let's say the souvenir cup, um, it it goes through you know, a handful of different people, you know, my boss is always the first one to say, yeah, send it to, you know, X, Y, and Z for approval. And it's usually, you know, like a stadium cup would go to stadium ops and, and uh, you know, all of their, their whole team. And Mm -hmm. um, if it's for players, we have to send it to the NFL players association to get their approval on it. Um, Sometimes it goes up to our VPs. um, And then, you know, once that's all approved, it, it goes to our printers and then they send, of of the final design so i don't have like a set number because every team is has different amount of people but sure um i mean it goes through several rounds of (laughs) of approval and like a social media graphic is different it's usually you know my boss and then our social media team which is i think six people Mm -hmm. um and then it and then it goes out Um, so so every project's different
2: So there's there, it's safe to say that there's a lot of eyes that get on that, that yes, you may be the one creating this, adjusting it, like you're probably well versed, but if it, if it comes out funky, or if it, or if it comes out amazing, and people love it, like, there are a lot of people seeing that before it actually gets into like a fan's hands.
3: Oh, definitely. Yeah, especially, like, let's say I've done a couple books before, um, mostly for like in house, but you know that goes through levels of of approvals and and uh, um, like proofreading to make sure everything is spelled right. You know, if we're going out on, with a stat graphic, we always send it to our stat guy to you know approve it, and make sure it's the it's the right numbers, the right verbiage. Um, yeah, so there there's definitely a good handful of people that that see whatever we produce before it goes out.
2: Nice. So the last thing I want to touch on, kind of before we do transition to this wild and crazy kind of like two years that you've had and hear about all that experience. I kind of want to, I want to bridge the gap. And so just kind of tell us how you came about finding the chief's opportunity. Did it fall into your lap because you were working with the, with the cyclones and Iowa state athletics? Did you have to seek it out just by yourself and do your own job hunting? How did that work and kind of bridge the gap for us from school to like really getting that start?
3: I wish I had a super cool story. Um, it's really not that great. I was looking for jobs, you know, nearing probably the January, February of my senior year. I was just looking for jobs on Indeed. And I came across the one for the Chiefs and I applied. Um, it, it's really not a great story. Pretty much how everybody finds jobs. <laughs> um, yeah, it, it's not It's not nope. a great
2: one. <laughs> that No, that's so cool. But I think so. Let me ask them. Maybe and maybe it doesn't sound like a cool story to you. But does is that a testament to just how elite or how well respected Iowa State's graphic design program is and the fact that you were doing stuff for their athletic team like does that show or is that a testament to how well respected Iowa State University is in the minds of producing young, very talented and skilled People to work in sports, whether they're graphic design, whatever industry they're going to go into.
3: Yeah, I think so for sure. Um, you know, the graphic design program in general is is a little, is pretty tough to get into. You know, you go your whole freshman year doing what they call the core program, and then after that is when you apply to be in the graphic design program. So you don't actually get into the program until sophomore year mm-hmm. um, to you know kind of build build a a pretty solid department, and then on top of that you know, I, I had some really incredible mentors within the athletics department who they, I mean, they did just a great job of preparing me for what it would be like to be, um, like a professional in the sports world. Um, I definitely was never treated like an intern. I was given, you know, real, like pretty decent projects, um, made a couple posters like for, uh, the cyclones in the NBA. I did a coloring book that went out to kids. Um, so, yeah, I mean, they did a, a great job, like, really readying me for for the real world. And, and I think Iowa State is is a respected um, school. But, I mean, on top of that, there's a lot of respected schools out there that, right. that also do a great job preparing their students. So, I mean, I do think it gave me a little bit of a leg up. Um, but it's, yeah, it's just definitely a competitive competitive market. And I had just the right amount of experience, I suppose.
2: Well, and everybody wants to work for a winner too. I mean, I it's really fun to work for a winner and and a place where you know it's going to be a lot of fun. Especially being from Iowa, Kansas City is close by, so it's like if you're from the Midwest, it's kind of natural. And Kansas City is a super super fun town to live in or live close to, and it's it 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 can be a natural fit. But I think kind of what you one thing you said, and I don't want to gloss over before we kind of turn the page is getting experience by kind of being thrown into the fire, because that's kind of invaluable experience. If, if, if they were to tippy toe around with you or give you kind of a softball project, yes, maybe you can complete it, do a really nice job, but what are you really learning from that? And I think that's something that's super, super cool and super, super valuable that they were able to give you and you were able to obviously take advantage of greatly.
3: Yeah, for sure. They, you know, they, they definitely, like you said, Baptism by fire, throw into the deep end, sink or swim. Um, and that's that's to our benefit, obviously. Um, and not only that, was I was also allowed to do a lot of different stuff with um, the communications department. And, you know, learning communication skills and just people skills in general are always going to be good for a resume and just, like, building your confidence. So I was definitely able to, like, take advantage of all those opportunities that they allowed me to. Um, so, yeah, I mean, experience. I mean, I learned so much in school. I, you know, there's a lot of things in design that you can't necessarily just pick up on your own. Um, but the the real world experience is definitely what I think is what got me my job.
2: Nice. Very good. So let's talk. Let's talk about it then. Let's talk about you get hired on and you can and you can tell us the exact date, but you get hired on football season comes around, whether it's like right around that time or you had to wait a little bit. Um, And like off and run seasons going, you're obviously I'm sure creating things for. Obviously, you're doing projects like souvenir cups. You're doing projects like social media stuff. What what what? Take us kind of inside like the first ninety days, if you can.
3: Yeah, I I mean, like you said, throw into the deep end, sink or swim. Um, day it was day six of my job, and I will never forget this. Um, I directed. I don't want to say I directed, I assisted directing a photo shoot with the chiefs players. So it was all set up. There were four different stations, a photographer at each station, and then, um, you know, a designer at each station. And so, you know, a couple days in he, you know, my boss comes up and says, Hey, I need you to make a list of poses for the players. And, you know, I go back and I hand him the, the, the list and he's like, all right, great. Just, you know, tell photographer that this is what we're going to do and I was like what do you mean like he was like well you're going to direct like this this side of things like you're going to tell the players like what to do I was like like the Chiefs players like I'm directing a photo shoot with the Chiefs players (laughs) and so I mean it was really you know you're here basics get started let's do this um so yeah on top of that I I was working on a um Event staff handbook. It was like the biggest book I had ever um designed. It was stressful. Um mm. it, it's something that I don't want to do again, but it was a great experience. <laughs> I learned a lot from it. Uh did a couple souvenir cups, um, did a couple t-shirts. Um, you know, meet met everybody, met the whole team. Not like the the Chiefs team, but my <laughs> social media team and everybody. Um first 90 days were fun. They were stressful. And it was, it was a very stark difference from being a full-time student working for, you know, a division one college than to be full-time working for an NFL team. But I mean, it was so much fun.
0: <laughs> Nick, go ahead. So, so I've, uh, I've played in many sports throughout my life and I've been a sports fan all my life. And I know that I would be a little kid in a candy shop if I was asked to do a very similar task that you had to do. So I honestly am asking this from a place of like putting myself in your shoes. How did you keep your composure when you were literally working with multi-million dollar athletes?
3: Uh, the real answer is I was so unbelievably nervous. I just like shut down. I was so quiet. I was so nervous to, like, say the wrong thing to these guys. And, you know, I remember the first player that came down was Tano Pasinio, and I'm pretty sure he's the tallest player on our team. And it was, like, 8 a.m., and he walks in, and I was, like, oh, my God. <laughs> this, this is real. This is actually happening. Like, I was so nervous. Um, but, you know, after, like, three or four guys came through and, you know, having conversations with them, like, I mean, it was mostly them having conversations with our photographer and I was nearby. Um, you know, they're all super cool guys. Like, they're super chill. They're just there doing their job, just like how I'm there doing my job. Um, just, they're very different jobs, obviously. Um, but, I mean, they were all so nice. Like, it, they really took a lot of the pressure off, for sure.
2: Well, so we're, take, a, take us inside of that. Because I think, you know, Nick's exactly right. Like. That's kind of like a, a spot where it's like a kid in a candy store or like you're amongst and and I don't know if you grew up a Chiefs fan or if you maybe grew up a Bear fan. You're like, ah, oh, like that person caught a game winning touchdown pass against us or whatever, whatever it may be. But it's like the, the players kind of start walking in and it's like, do you catch them after practice and they're really smelly? Like, are some guys a lot more fun to do photo shoots for? And like, are they a lot more like, oh, can I do this or can I be weird and be silly? And other guys are really reserved what were kind of some funny memories or, or what were kind of some funny interactions that you had or watched happen?
3: Yeah. I, I mean, they each, they all have their own personalities. You know, there were some guys that absolutely were not about to do a yelling photo shoot. And there were others that were like, yeah, let's do it. Like I want to scream as loud as I can. Um, so it was really a, a lot about learning their different personalities and which players to ask for which shots. um, you know, some of the funny conversations I remember, you know, Patrick was talking about how he dropped his phone and shattered it like in the pool or something. And, you know, just talking, he was like, Oh, I'm just so pissed. Like, I can't believe I did that. Now I have to like go to the Verizon store and like find a new one or whatever it was. And then um Darren Lee, one of one of our new guys last year, he's, I think he's not on the team anymore, but you know, he was talking about his two French bulldogs with, with my coworker and I, and you know, like they're just super cool guys. Um, yeah, they nothing super crazy. I mean, there was there was one story like later on in the season. I don't even think I should probably tell this story, but I'm going to. Um, I was walking through like our cafeteria and the guys eat there too, but they're usually like an hour before us. Um, but one of them was just kind of like, you know, lingering behind. So I was walking behind him to like leave the the cafeteria and he stopped like right in front of the door like he clearly did not know I was there and he farted and I swear I thought he shit his pants like and then he turned around and he fell on the ground and was mortified he's like I'm so sorry like I didn't know you were there and I was like it's fine I was trying not to laugh because he was so embarrassed um but you know I went down my roommate worked in communication so I went down and talked to her I was like oh my god like he just like, farted in my face. He did not know I was there. Like, it was the funniest thing I had ever seen. Um, but, yeah, I mean, those things really humanize people. Like, you know, they're these huge football players that are, you know, people idolize, and, you know, they're just dudes. They're just guys. Well,
0: football, and it's... Yeah. Go, Go, ahead, ahead, Go ahead, Nick. Go ahead, Nick. I was just going to say, yeah, as much as we can uh, think that they're normal and want them to be normal, it just you know, for the everyday person, it just would be such an experience to realize kind of the day in the life for them. And, you know, as much as they do show up to their nine to five, it's just that their nine to five is every Sunday at, you know, maybe noon, and three thirty or 7 PM or Mondays or Thursdays, uh, depending on when they play. But no, I, I appreciate you uh, being open and, and sharing that. I think it brings a lot of brevity to this, uh, to this show for sure.
3: Yeah, it's, it's definitely, there. there's a lot of things. I was so nervous. Like you said, candy candy store, I was nervous. Um, but, you know, you see them at lunch, they're walking around, grabbing their food, like going back down to practice, see them in the hallways. Like they're just, yeah. I mean, it, it definitely humanizes them, but it, it it took a while. It took a while for that to kind of set in. And I do, I I had a little bit of practice with that, you know, at Iowa State, you know, obviously not at the same scale, but I work at Iowa State football we would go get lunch and, you know, get drinks down in the same cafeteria that they would eat lunch in. So, you know, I would run into them in the hallways and on campus and whatnot. So it, it's the same sort of concept, just on a larger scale, I suppose.
2: So Jesse, I'm curious, is, is all this kind of stuff that, that you're talking about, like you get to do the photo shoot, is this all happening in season? Is this happening like kind of preseason off season? what is, what's their availability like cuz i'm sure it obviously tightens up once the once once the season comes around and they're not going to just they're not going to have as much time to do a photo shoot in order for you to do your job and get things put together so as far as it 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 goes with your job what does that look like as far as having the availability to do a photo shoot kind of an event that takes the guys away from like their their quote unquote job i guess if you want to say practicing getting ready for a game um, but obviously allowing you to, to properly do yours.
3: Yeah. They, uh, like the photo shoots are usually, uh, like before spring training, um, like training camp. So they, they're all back from, you know, wherever they went for their off season, um, for a few days before they, they head out for training camp. So, yeah, you know, we usually have a few days with them during that. And then they usually stick around for, you know, a couple weeks, like, uh, at, at the end of the season. Um, but yeah, we don't usually see them much in the off season cause they're, they're doing their own thing. You know, that's their time off. We try not to bug them. Um, but uh, you know, some, some of them hang around, sometimes we can get them, uh, COVID is definitely taken a toll on that. It's, you know, we, we don't have access to players for cer- certain things. Um, but yeah, mo- most of the stuff is, is during season cause they, they usually leave for, uh, off season.
2: Sure. So COVID is 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 one thing that I do want to ask about and and um I'm, I'm going to try to go chronologically. So we'll we'll stay with your we'll stay in your first season. Obviously season gets underway. What is like what's the workload like for you specifically? Are things kind of crazy as soon as season comes and you're having to not mass produce, but it's like holy crap, I got to get things out because we got games and and I want to get souvenir cups out or we need to get social media stuff Put together and and blast it out on accounts. What is the workload like, kind of through weeks one through seventeen?
3: Yeah, um, a lot of our social media stuff we actually will create templates and and do stuff like that in the off season. So usually, um, in the few weeks or months leading up to the season starting is when we're making like, you know, in game templates and and the different videos and stuff that we make. Um, and then after that, you know, that that's when we, we get our busiest is like the couple weeks leading up to the first game. That's, you know, crunch time. We have all this stuff that we are like recreating for a new season that has to be um, ready for game one, which is stuff that we usually have, you know, already prepared throughout the season. So, yeah. you know, like Instagram story templates and, and the scorecards and the, um interstitials which is like all the videos that you see of the guys where it's like touchdown, fumble recovery, interception you know we produce all that stuff in the couple of weeks leading up to the first game so it's that's our biggest time our busiest time is when you know we're just you know cranking all that stuff out and then week to week is usually it slows down a little bit but it's still usually kind of a grind especially you know Thursday, Friday uh, leading up to game day and you know if it's a Thursday night game you know, we got a whole week's worth <laughs> week's worth of work in just a couple of days. So, um, but yeah, I think our busiest busiest time is, you know, one the the uh, last couple weeks leading up to the season, and then you know, right now where we have two weeks to get all this Super Bowl stuff out. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's crazy.
2: <laughs> so that's so that's exactly kind of where I wanted to go with it. Is like you have weeks one through seventeen, and it's awesome that you guys have like the. I mean, you're you're. You're backlogging things so that it can be just like, all right, throw it on a template, like throw Travis Kelsey and his signature on a template, get it out, you know, put whatever kind of logo or graphic you have to with it. Um, but OK, so you guys get to the playoffs and it's like there's a lot of buzz. And I'm sure because there is different logos and you obviously want to cater things, whether it be souvenir stuff or stuff being graphicked out on the website or on social media, you want to tailor that to playoffs and obviously to a Super Bowl last year. And it, so, does the workload increase? Like, does the does the pressure rise from like a five to a ten? Is it just like try to keep our head above water? Do you guys get? Is it is it operate as normally? Like, what is what is the transition when it's like, all right, like there's buzz. This is serious. We're moving, and and these are kind of a big deal. We're we're starting to get ourselves into.
3: Yeah, we. So like the couple weeks, you know, wild card divisional uh, championship games, we're, we're kind of starting to transition into more of a playoff style. And I don't want to take any of this, like take all the credit. Cause my boss is incredible. Shout out to Jordan. Not <laughs> sure if he's going to listen, but, um, <laughs> you know, he and I sit down and we'll ideate and figure out, all right, like what message do we want to convey yeah. and how can we effectively, you know, implement that into like a social media, um, like package, like how, how can we best, best do that? So that's something that we'll usually try and, you know, we'll start to incorporate in the couple weeks right. like leading up to playoffs and then throughout playoffs. So we, we transitioned from our, our, our regular style from the whole season into our playoffs season, which I don't know if you guys have seen it, but it's like a spray painted look on a brick wall um, with like different graphic elements um, throughout it. Um, and then with that, we get a Super Bowl package uh, from the league that we can implement and use their assets. So, you know, now in the in the two weeks leading up to the Super Bowl on February 7th, we will kind of start to transition from our playoffs look to incorporate the NFL Super Bowl look that they've given us. Um, so it's, it it is a grind. And I would say that you know, in the next couple of days, we're going to get slammed pretty hard with, <laughs> with everything that needs to be changed. We're kind of coasting right now. Um, and I know as soon as they say that I'm probably going to get like 10 emails with stuff I need to do. Um, <laughs> but you know, the, you know, divisional, uh, or wildcard divisional, uh, championship game, it was, it was a fairly slow transition so that we, you know, we started bringing that in, you know, week 15, 16, 17 to just try and you know have a have a smooth transition on social media um but yeah the the super bowl is a different feat
2: right <laughs> and so that's that's what i was really curious about is like because obviously yeah they've got the with the super bowl being in miami last year is that right
3: yep yep it was in miami so- at hard rock
2: hard rock and they had kind of it was like a okay. tropical type of a theme and i'm sure yep. with tampa bay they'll have a, a theme whatever that ends up being obviously we'll get to see hopefully in the coming days when the Chiefs and and the Bucs roll out their stuff um but yeah so is it let so let's talk Super Bowl experience then like the first one like your first season holy crap you are a part of a team and an organization that goes to a Super Bowl wins a Super Bowl um the workload you said like you kind of get slammed but thankfully the NFL has stuff for you that you can use this template or you can incorporate, which I'm sure helps out a lot because you guys aren't having to create that yourself, is, I mean, what's what's the excitement level like with just, like, co-workers? Is, are people running around like chickens with their heads cut off? Are people just super pumped to be there every day and, like, holy crap, this is actually happening? What's the vibe like? And then kind of talk about, like, the moment, like, the Chiefs won. I'm sure it was... Chaotic. I'm sure you went crazy. I'm sure the next few days at work were pretty awesome and celebratory. What was that like?
3: Yeah, I mean, I would say it was all of the above. Chickens with their heads cut off. Super (laughs) excited, super excited to be there. Um, But we had no idea what to do. You know, first time in 50 years that we were going to a Super Bowl, it was a new experience for everybody, not just, you know, the new people on the team. So, you know, we were all trying to figure out you know, what we were doing. And and at the same time, you know, everybody was super excited. Ownership was really excited. You know, everybody was, every day going into work was exciting. You know, you know, what, what was going to be, what was going to be the the new thing to happen and um, (laughs) the new project we were going to do. And um, it was super exciting. I would say that definitely the most exciting moment was the AFC championship game. You know, we came back from From a big deficit to win the game, you know, we were all up in the press box, like, oh, it was a great season, guys. Like, if we come back, that's great. If not, like, it's been a good one. And you know, at at the time, I was meant to end, you know, once the season was over, I was done. Um, and then you know, we we came back and we won, and that was like the craziest feeling in the press box because, um, the press box is is neutral. Like, you can't cheer, you can't show excitement. So, you know, we were all in our, in our line and in the press box, like fist bumping and like excited, but trying not to show it. Everybody was crying. Um, It was, it was a really surreal experience. Like I was, I felt like I had cheated the system. You know, I came in as a seasonal employee and I got to experience this crazy historic moment with everybody. Um, And, you know, we all kind of like took a moment and relaxed and like just basked in it, in what was happening. And then it, it flipped like immediately. Like we were all, all right, we got to pump stuff out for Super Bowl. We have to come up with Super Bowl content. Um, you know, the, the those whole two weeks, they were crazy. They were fun pumping out all this content. And then Super Bowl came. Um, I actually didn't travel to Miami. I I was I stayed back in Kansas City with some people. And, and we had a little Super Bowl work party. Um, and then we got to celebrate in Kansas City, which was, you know, just unreal. Yeah. It was a crazy historic moment to see the city go wild, fireworks going off everywhere, you know, roads were shut down, people were partying in the streets. Like it it was so much fun, it was crazy. And then, you know, a couple weeks after that, you know, I don't think we did much work after that. <laughs> Cause I mean, we had to get ready for the parade. So we we came into work and got ready for the parade and, but you know, we all took a couple days off work to just celebrate and enjoy the moment, enjoy the history. Um, yeah, it was it was crazy. It was a crazy two weeks.
2: Right. Well, so let let so let's talk kind of let's let's flip right then to second season. You you're, you guys are coming off this massive Super Bowl win. When did you know that they were going to be bringing you back?
3: Oh, yeah. This is a crazy story. Um All right. so obviously Super Bowl ended it was February second. Was the Super Bowl? Mm-hmm. The parade was the following week. It wasn't that that long after um, they got back from Miami. So you know we were working and doing everything normally, and I still had some hours left. So I was just still going in like normal, and then uh, it was early in March. I actually took a week off because I was going to go work the Big Twelve basketball championship that was in Kansas City and you know day two of the big 12 tournament was when everything got shut down the the tournament was canceled the women's tournament was canceled i was like helping as much as i could at the sprint center i got a call from my boss and he was like hey like you need to come in and like get your computer get all your stuff like we're going virtual for two weeks so i you know went in got all my stuff was prepared for two weeks of being virtual at home and then you know a month goes by And then like two months go by and, uh, I was fortunately still able to like be on board and I was interviewing with different teams and trying to figure out what my next steps were, but it was kind of complicated with COVID. Um, and then a lot of teams in the NFL went on hiring freezes in, I want to say it was, Oh, probably May. So my job offer got pulled and then my boss had to pull the offer for my replacement. So it was at that time where we were both like, well, shit, like, what are we going to do? Like, I'm going to, and my lease was up in the next month. So I was like, well, I'm just going to end up having to like move home and like be a barista and like, it'll be fine, but that's not what I want to do. Um, and he was like, well, you know, we could bring you on as an independent contractor and, you know, see how long that needs to last. And, You know, 10 months later, (laughs) I'm still around. I'm still here. Um, You know, two weeks turned into 10 months, which was not something I was planning on. I ended up, you know, moving back home with my parents because my lease ended. And I was like, well, I don't know where I'm going to be in six months. Um, So I've been here working for the Chiefs, uh, which has been great. Not definitely not what was in my plan. Um, But yeah, so I am here until you know, for the foreseeable future until until it ends, (laughs) until I'm told you can't work for us anymore.
2: Right. Well, I think that's super cool, because so the reason I asked that is there was still like a celebration. Obviously, the rings were presented. You got to be at Arrowhead for that. I remember seeing pictures on your Instagram about it and like you're throwing confetti. and, And obviously, your profile picture is you with the Super Bowl ring. So was that kind of during this time that it's like, I don't really know what's happening. And it's, it's a really, really awkward period because of COVID and a pandemic that's kind of made everything go virtual and put a pause on the hiring freeze. Uh, What kind of was that experience like? I'm sure it could have been bittersweet almost.
3: Yeah, it was, it was so weird because they obviously were still going to have a ring ceremony for the players. Um, but they ended up doing it outside and they were all, you know, six feet apart. Um, it was essential staff only. So like one or two of our video guys got to go out there, a couple of photographers, and then our PR staff. And those those were the only people that were actually um like able to be a part of the the formal ring ceremony. The rest of us, you know, I had my ring shipped to me. So I opened it like in my parents' yeah. house and um had my own little celebration here, but um it was definitely different not at all what we were planning or expecting but you know it's one to remember for sure the chaos of it all is is something even more unique than just getting the Super Bowl ring itself um <laughs> just experiencing the whole thing in a pandemic and and figuring it out it was it was definitely it was definitely a very unique situation <laughs> Go
0: ahead Nick Well and it's so amazing, truly just as a sports fan, but also just how quickly the progression was for Kansas city. I mean, if you had talked to any loyal fan up into like 2000 and even 19 or excuse me, 2000, like 15 or 16, they, if you would have told them, Hey, you have a chance of winning back-to-back Super Bowls, they would have been like, get out of here, you know? And to get to the point that you guys are now, it had to have been so fun to just like, soak in the moment of having an entire city just come together like pre COVID. Um, and just to celebrate that. And then now to the point where, I mean, Kansas city, arguably depending on everyone's health could create a complete dynasty here in the next, you know, a couple of years, which is amazing.
3: Yeah. It's, it's definitely not something I ever thought I would get to be a part of. Um, you know, five years ago I was a senior in high school. So, Definitely not what I thought I would be doing in my five-year plan. Um, <laughs> but I mean, I have loved every second of it. Uh, getting to experience it with my coworkers has been like the probably the best part. Just, you know, the people I've met, they've all just been so incredible. They're all super supportive. And, you know, we've experienced a lot of pretty incredible moments together and something I'll never forget. And I don't think anybody's going to forget it anytime soon. Um, So, yeah, it's it's been wild for for back to back. And I didn't grow up a Chiefs fan. I grew up a Bears fan. Um, But, you know, I grew up appreciating the Kansas City Chiefs. And, you know, the last couple years in college, I, you know, would watch them. And, you know, senior year was when they lost to Patriots in overtime of the AFC Championship game. And that game was just heartbreaking. (laughs) So then to go back, Work for them and experience, you know. Now two Super Bowls is is something for sure.
0: Yeah, now they get to be the heartbreakers, which is fantastic. <laughs> yeah, and against so, Tom
3: Brady, I mean, what more can you ask for?
0: Well, know, Jesse, almost like the. Oh, go, go ahead.
2: Well, I was just say I was. I'm sure when you like in in any interview you've been in, when people ask you like, what do you see? Where do you see yourself in five years? I'm sure you answered it with, "Well, I'm going to go to Iowa State. I'm going to work for their their athletic department doing graphic design, and then I'm going to go work for the Chiefs when they're when they're, you know, contending for two not one but two Super Bowls." I'm sure that was your answer.
3: Oh, yeah. That's that's actually my exact quote in the yearbook. Right.
2: Right. <laughs> Nick, go ahead.
0: No, I uh, you're you're good to go. I was just kind of throwing a thought out there as we <laughs> were kind of going back and forth, so <laughs> no worries, man. So, Jesse, we
2: one of the last segments we have is four questions um, but I think I'd be doing a disservice if I didn't ask just a couple before we get to that. So, you kind of mentioned how like you you move you move back home to work kind of remotely for the Chiefs. Has that been the biggest difference for you in year 2 or is there something else that stands out?
3: Oh, it's definitely, you know, moving home, working remotely. You know, I'm used to being able to walk down the hall and ask questions about projects and just you know, walk down the hall and say, Hey, and take a break whenever I need to. And you know, the free coffee was nice. Um, so it's definitely been different. I don't love that. I have to get on like a zoom call every day to talk to people. And, um, you know, I love my parents. I'm, I'm happy to be home. Um, but I'm ready to, I'm ready to go, ready to get out and get back to, you know, working in an office. I always thought it would be great to work from home and, you know, working in pajamas all day, but I mean, it's just not the same. (laughs) It's not as fun at all.
2: Uh, Guys, other than my four questions, I have asked her everything. She's been a phenomenal, phenomenal guest for us. Um, If you have anything as far as questions, other things that you are curious about, uh, her journey and her time with the Chiefs and her time at Iowa State, her time going to high school with this weird fella, um, go ahead, ask him now, and then I will ask my four and we can get out of here.
1: No, I, I I have two. And I think one you kind of already answered, but does the NFL ever mandate like things you have to add in in any social or graphic posts?
3: Um there it's it's kind of hard to say. The players association does. They have regulations for using players and I won't go too into that cuz it's it's a lot. Um I would say more than the NFL like the league requiring specific things and graphics. We have um like a sponsorship partnership um department and and they kind of, you know, we sell out different graphics like, you know, our happy birthday and our mother's day and ha- you know, merry christmas and and all that stuff. So, we have like a list of social graphics that that have different sponsors on. Each game is sponsored by a different um by a different partner and then, you know, playoffs are totally different. They you know, we can't have league logos on, you know, a non-league sponsored uh graphic. So so that's like a whole different thing. Um but other than that, you know, we we pretty much regulate what we what we post and what logos go on which graphics. Um the only thing is, you know, players association has rules. <laughs>
1: Yeah. And then my second question was, was there ever a time where you didn't know if you wanted to go into graphic design or has it always been just straightforward graphic design? This is what I want to do.
3: For sure. I mean, I think anybody in college is inevitably going to question their path and and where they're going, where, to, where they're headed and what they're actually passionate in. Um, you know, I wrestled with it for a long time if I wanted to pursue photography over graphic design. And then I questioned if I wanted to do design altogether, um, but ultimately I was like, I don't know what else I would do, so I stuck with it. Um, luckily, it worked out. But yeah, for sure, I think I think everybody that whatever you're passionate in, if you don't question it at least once or twice, <laughs> like it's <laughs> yeah, you're not you're not doing something right.
0: <laughs> I feel you there, Nick. Go ahead and you got any questions? Let's hear them. I uh, I do um but first thank you uh, obviously for going into depth and sharing some of these things. Uh, I won't do my full thank you until the the end of the episode here but um what is a bit of advice that you would give someone that is interested in graphic design but maybe they're struggling to believe in themselves to like produce content?
3: I would say the biggest thing is uh, confidence, and I know that that's easier said than done. I was like the least confident person in my work for so long, and what really helped was reaching out to people um, and just sending them my work and saying like, "What do you think about this?" And you know, it's it's a really daunting task, and I've had a lot of people reach out to me on social media, and they're so apologetic when they do, and I always try and tell them like, "I, I'm like, I'm so like glad that you are reaching out. Like, it's a really hard thing to do. It's." takes a lot of courage to ask a total stranger to look at your work. I mean, it's, it's a very vulnerable position to be in. Um, but you know, I think it's so helpful to not only build like credibility within a, like a very tight knit community, but I mean, it also helps build confidence and with confidence, you're, you're more likely to, you know, try new designs, try new skills and reach out to new people. And, you know, I've met some really cool people on Twitter just who have randomly, sent me a DM, you know, there was a girl and, uh, I don't know if she'll listen to this, but she reached out on Twitter and just asked if I would be her mentor for a semester long class. And, you know, we would get on zoom calls and chat and, um, you know, I, I don't ever want anyone to think that, you know, they're a bother that they're, that they're being a pain. Um, it's something that I wish I would have known. Cause it's, it's really intimidating to reach out to a stranger and a professional in, in the industry and, but it, I mean, it's the it's the best thing you can do is just reach out to people and share your work.
0: Well, I, I so much appreciate that advice because whether that relates to graphic design or other industries, for someone that is entering their 20-somethings, that is phenomenal advice uh, to follow through no matter, again, what the field. The other question I had, and you may not know the answer to this, but I feel like I have to ask you this, what is a cork or something that would not necessarily meet the eye as far as meeting someone like Patrick Mahomes or Travis Kelsey or someone um, not discounting all the players on the team? Obviously, they're all great, but I'm just curious if you like have seen them in action or like maybe something that um, someone would look at them and wouldn't think that these two guys would do that or something like that.
3: Um, gosh, I don't know specifics that like the general public wouldn't know. Um, I mean, I think the biggest thing is like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey's relationship. Like, they're just so goofy, like just naturally, like they're goofy people, and they're so genuine and down to earth. Um, And I think that's a question that a lot of people have: like, are they really as nice as they seem? And they totally are. Like, they're they're very kind. And I haven't had a lot of like one on one interactions with them. I'm also like going off of hearsay. You know, I know people who work more on the football side of things and um, they're, they're goofy and they're nice and, you know, they're, they're genuinely just having a good time.
0: <laughs> that makes me feel really good because they, I get a vibe from them. Cause like there's certain players where you feel like they're putting on a show a little bit just for the media. And that's totally fair. And I'm not calling them out by wow. any means, but I was curious if they were that genuinely fun. Cause those guys look like guys that, even if you bumped into them in a strange place outside of wherever they may be, they would honestly be very courteous and fun-loving, and I think that attributes to their game chemistry on the field too, because they just know each other so well, and uh, amongst other connections that he has on his his uh, offense. But I am good to go, Cole. I've asked my questions. Please lead us to the promised land here with uh, Miss Jesse.
2: Will do. Um, first off, I think it's so cool, Jesse, that you talked about that mentor thing. That is so cool. Those are the type of things that you can't put a price on or that like you don't see those things when you're looking for a job that people will want you to mentor them or that like you're being like you going into a graphic design role or or anybody going into some role with a sports team. Like people look up to that and they're truly inspired by that. And obviously they want to do it along with you. And so when you get asked to be a mentor or when you get asked to, go on a podcast or do whatever. Like those are the things you don't see, but you truly are inspiring to others and you're living a life that a lot of people want to know something about. So I think it's super, super cool that you share that because that's so awesome. Hey, State Street residents, this is Cole. We are so proud to continue our partnership with Chi-Town Blankets, a nonprofit based in Chicago, Illinois. This movement started by our good friend, Dom Hillsheim, has grown to over thousands of blankets being delivered to those in need. If you want to get involved, go to ShytownBlankets.com or find them on social media to learn how to donate and get involved. That's C-H-I-T-O-W-N-B-L-A-N-K-E-T-S. You can also listen to episodes from Dom or one of his executive board members, Jack Thode, and learn more about how the movement got started and what it truly means to them. Everyone deserves to be warm. This last part. My four questions, they can be as long or short of answers as you want to make them. Some of them have at least something to do with what we've talked about tonight. Others will have absolutely nothing to talk about. Some of them are my own ideas or thoughts. Some I pull from the internet or I hear in conversations. I hear on a daily basis. So bear with me. Uh, But if you're ready, I can ask them.
3: All right. Yeah, I'm ready. (laughs) Let's hear it.
2: What is the best hide-and-seek spot you have ever used or heard of?
3: Oh, that's a good one. Um, My family and I used to play hide-and-seek all the time. I am the second oldest of my, like, nine brothers and uh, cousins. So yeah. we used to play all the time. So I have two hiding spots that were always a go-to. The first one was like in the couch cushions, you know, when you like pull up the back part of it yes. and you like push him out just a little bit and you hide like in the <laughs> crag. The second one, it was the first time I'd ever hidden in this spot and it is like my claim to fame. So I was wearing a dress and in like my grandparents' basement, they have like a back like hidden closet. And so I stood up like on a box and like put a bunch of like sweatshirts like where my legs were. And I looked like a dress hanging in the closet. And I hid there for probably an hour. And, like, they, like, opened the closet and, like, rustled through the clothes and closed the closet and left. And, I mean, I stayed there forever. I mean, it was a great spot. And then my brother, actually, one time, he was, we were pretty young, but he uh, had this, like, giant Bears duffel bag. And he opened it up and he was wearing a Bears hoodie. And he he opened up and he crawled inside so you could see, like, the Bears part of his hoodie sticking out. Yeah. At the bottom of our stairs and he hidden there forever and like we I mean we gave up. Like we were like we can't find you. You have to come out of your hiding spot right now. <laughs> Did he so, have yeah, trouble then, like
2: getting out of the duffel bag?
3: No. I mean, he he's a pretty small guy or he was, you know, and he was pretty bendy, so he just like balled up and <laughs> laid in a duffel bag forever. <laughs> so, yeah, those are those are my top 3 that I can think of. Very
2: good. What is a name that you would never give to a dog?
3: Oh gosh. I mean the first one I can think of is just like the super generic ones of like spot and rex. Um I you mean no like shade. Names. What's that?
2: You don't like the cliche name. Like the cliche type. Yeah,
3: yeah, I think you can, you know, be more creative. Not to throw shade at anybody who's whose dog is named that. Um, I mean, other than that, I don't know. I, I am personally a fan of when like dogs have human names. Um, like my grandma's cat, her his name is Tom. I just think it's funny. Uh, I have a friend whose dog's name is Roger. My boss's dog's name is Hank. I think they're really funny. Um, I don't think there's a limit as long as I just don't like the cliche dog names. Sure. Yeah.
0: So I.
1: I kind of have a uh, spinoff question to this, and it's kind of a generic dog name. When you name your dog Chief,
3: yeah, it's. I mean, I know that people do that, and I respect that where where it comes from. Um, I wouldn't, but <laughs> no shade <laughs> at who at people who do because I know a lot of people do that. Um, yeah.
2: I'm sure, though, in Kansas City, as of late, there are a lot of dogs named Patrick. I can imagine, or something imagine. of that.
3: Yeah, I would imagine there's going to be a lot of Patrick babies coming at some point. Probably.
2: <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Maybe in the next nine months, even. Who knows? Oh yeah.
3: Uh,
2: yeah. <laughs> third question I have for you, Jesse. What is a question that you want to answer that no one has ever asked you?
3: Oh, interesting. Um. This is
2: super off the wall. This is super like philosophical. But I saw this and I'm like, this would this is a really really interesting question.
3: Hmm, a question that I would want to answer that nobody's ever asked.
2: Like, what's a question that you think you have a really awesome answer to, but just nobody's ever asked you the question?
3: Oh, I mean, this is gonna sound so weird, but um, in high school, I was always, like, really self-conscious of my eyebrows, because I have really, really thick, dark eyebrows, and they always made me so self-conscious, but now, you know, like, thick, dark eyebrows are in. Like, that's, like, the trend. right? And nobody's ever asked me if I like color in my eyebrows and it's something that I wish people would because I'm like weirdly proud of my (laughs) eyebrows now because like it's something that I used to be super self-conscious of. So now I'm like, no, ask me about them. They're real. (laughs) That's That's such a a weird one.
0: That is such an organic answer. And yes. I love that because we have absolutely no idea that th- those types of eyebrows are in. Like, I have no clue what eyebrows <laughs> are in. That's just me. Like, I have no idea what eyebrows are in, but that's great.
3: Yeah, it was like in high school, it was always like, you know, the thin eyebrows were the whole thing and, and I couldn't maintain that. I have <laughs> really thick eyebrows. So I don't know. That's such a weird answer. Um, So I apologize to the listeners. A um, weird a weird
2: yeah. answer and a weird question. They go hand in hand. But that was that was a or totally organic answer. That was awesome. That was fantastic. The last one. I promise it has something to do with your job. And and we can end okay. it on this note. What is the most demanding part of being in a creative position?
3: Um, I mean, definitely just being creative like all, all day, every day. Okay. Um, sometimes I like will get you know, creative block is real. You know, you pump out graphics for a week straight and then you hit the weekend and, you know, a long weekend maybe and then you come back and it's like I my brain is mush. Like I am not ready. Um like thinking creatively, it's so different from like, you know, I being in school in high school at eight hours a day. You know, I could do math and science and reading and writing all day and you know go home and, you know, doodle and draw and like still function. Now, you know, at the end of a creative work day, you know, you're just fried. So it's, it's definitely very demanding to have to be creative, like constantly on the move and looking for something new to create and design. Um, and that's something that like, I, I've i been really fortunate with the uh, leadership and the mentors that I've had with all of my, all of my bosses, you know, when I first started Kansas City, my boss said, you know, if you ever need like a mental health day, if you want to just like go out and like explore the city and get creative juices flowing that way. Like that's totally fine. Like just let me know and, you know, show me that you can come back and like be creative after that. And that's something that I've been super fortunate about because it's, you know, burnout is real and it it happens a lot.
2: (laughs) Yeah. No, I, I totally, I totally get that. I can, I can understand that. We we've had a few people on this podcast that have talked about that exact same thing, that burnout is very real. You need to take just time away, whether it's a day or an afternoon or a long weekend and just like recharge, maybe if it's you go walk about downtown and collect a few ideas or just totally get away. Let your brain just relax for a little bit and like play video games or paint or doodle or like read, do whatever. That's totally cool. Um, but Jesse, that's everything I had for you as far as my my four questions. I hope that was entertaining enough for you as it is for me and people that listen to this. I know they love it. Uh, but seriously on a, on a serious note, thank you so much for coming on. I know I said it at the beginning, but I want to say this now too. You have been so awesome. You did such an amazing job breaking down like everything that we threw at you, which I know was a lot. And some of the questions are like, this is way over my head or how do I answer this? Or like, Holy crap. I didn't even think of it this, this way. Um, so thank you so much because you did a fantastic job breaking all that down, giving us a true insight into like what it's like, even on a scale of spacing, like you talked about something that, you know, you said you're still working on, which is so cool that you're still in pursuit of that. That's amazing. Hone in your craft, sharpen your sword. Uh, that's so, so cool. But seriously, thank you so much because this has been so much fun. It's been so much fun getting a window. A look into the uh, the window of, of your life and and how things are going and something so unique and so exciting. Uh, I I'm truly I, I truly can't tell you thank you enough for for spending just a little bit of time with us.
3: Thank you so much for having me. I mean, I this is not something I've done before. Um, it was super fun. I uh, I hope I didn't talk in too many circles about you know <laughs> this and that and you know apologies for the weird eyebrow answer, but. Um, this was so much fun. I love what I do and I love talking about what I do. Um as difficult as it sometimes can be to explain, you know, exactly what it is that that we face, what we deal with. Um, but yeah, it was super fun. Um, you know, I'll just do my like little shout outs to my whole team. Yes. Uh, please they're, do. they're really the ones that have like given me, you know, the, the courage and the confidence to come on and, and speak with people. Um, you know, they're incredible everybody you know i'm not gonna bore you with with who it is they know who they are but um you know they're the ones that have really inspired me and and gotten me to you know pursue things like this and talk to people and explain what i do um because i really do love it i love everyone i work with uh yeah hopefully this is the, the first of many
2: it most definitely will be it most definitely will be uh Jeremy, why don't you go ahead say your thank yous? Go ahead and plug our social media as well. Allow Jesse to do hers if she would like to do so, and then have Nick wrap us up.
1: Well, before I do, Jesse, why don't you go ahead and shout out any social media if you have any?
3: Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, my Twitter account is Jess two underscores carp, so J E S S two underscores um, C A R P, and then my creative Instagram is Jess two underscores creative. Um, I pretty much just post chiefs Twitter account is a little bit more, uh, you know, hit or miss. It's either football or (laughs) random, you know, videos I find. Uh, yeah. (laughs) So follow me if you want to see, um, all my different designs.
1: There you go, guys. Um, I mean, I, I always have a blast when we bring sports people on because I, I also work at sports and I, I love sports in general. And I, I hope, the Chiefs win a a Super Bowl this year, so you can walk into your next contract negotiation with your two Super Bowl rings and say, "Hey, I've been here for two years. We got two rings. You better keep me on." But I mean, I had a blast. <laughs> I had a blast, and thank you for thank you for coming on, Jesse. It's it's been great.
3: Again, thank thanks so much for having me. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping I can leverage two Super Bowl wins to get me a full time position.
0: <laughs> there you go. Well, I think you can find us at, at state street pod. I can't quite remember our own social <laughs> tag, so I'm going to turn it back over to Jeremy. I know that sounds bad, but you're the, you're the the guy that oh. usually shits are out there.
1: All good. Yeah. I mean, I honestly just got caught up in, in laughing. So guys, if you want to follow us on any social media, you can hit us up on Instagram. It is state street pod. Twitter is at state street pod and Facebook is state street podcast.
0: Yeah, I, I just say that to give you a little bit of fun flack here, but that you earned bonus points with that comic because that was hilarious <laughs> uh, to our residents here. I hope you not only were able to kind of live in the shoes of someone that's been in, in a very unique, but very, really fun, active, vivid moments here with the Kansas City Chiefs the last couple of years. Uh, and then we are going to get into our probably most back and forth uh, content as far as books go we're going to save the cliffhangers for when it comes out. But uh, Jesse, thank you so much for coming on and enlightening us, not only on the chiefs, but kind of breaking down what graphic design is, what goes into it uh, and all the the good stuff there. So uh, we've appreciated it. Uh, and until next time, state street residents.